0: Caution, learning in progress. Hello, and welcome back to Smarter Every Season. My name is Tyler Hubert, and this is the podcast that is brought to you by the product support team here at Precision Planting. And I say that, but today, or if you, if you're a regular listener uh, and today is no exception, um, I have a couple members from our RM team that I'm going to introduce in just a second that are going to join me for this podcast. And most of the time, you know I say this podcast is brought to you by the product support team here. We are just the ones that kind of gather all of the people that uh, that are out in the field that are, are are more knowledgeable than we are and bring them onto the podcast to help us learn. Uh, we are as much along for the ride and along to learn as as anybody listening, and we, frankly, we love that. But today, I have a couple members, as I mentioned, of our region manager team. I've got uh, Josh Stoller, who covers Southern Illinois. Is that correct, Josh? Yes, that's right. And Josh, how long have you been with Precision?
1: Uh, I had an internship in 2009, started full-time in ten.
0: Okay. So you really kind of have an interesting background, too, of how you've gotten into a region manager role in Southern Illinois. We could do a whole podcast on Josh Stoller's past <laughs> and where he's been with Precision Planning. I
1: don't, I don't know we'd want to do that. Can yeah.
0: you can you give us kind of the spark notes of, of of what you've done within Precision and how you've gotten to where you're at?
1: Yeah. Um, so it's kind of, when I first started, I was actually part of the product support team, kind of doing some IT stuff. I started with the configuration tool. Many of you guys are aware of the online quoting tool, which is where most of our quotes are done. Now I kind of built, um, a version of the, call it the first swing at that. Right. We use Microsoft access building. The intention was put in information about your planner, select products that you wanted, and then it would spit out a quote with all the parts that you need. It was pretty ambitious. And with all the things that change quite quickly, we realized that we need to do more of an a la carte type type of route, rather than an automatic configuration tool. Anyway, so I worked with that quite a bit, and then um, internship was done, and then uh, was working pretty close with Brad Arnold. I was back at school, and then he ended up calling me one day. I was it was about March, working on Dad's planner, and uh, Brad called and said, "Hey, we need someone to go to Bulgaria next week for a week," and I need to know by tonight if you could go. <laughs> and so I said, well, let me first talk to my wife, see where Bulgaria is at. And uh, and I said, yeah, we could, we could do that. So I uh, got $200 cash and went off to Bulgaria. So we did an int- install, everything that we had at the time, you know, air force, row flow, wave vision, clean sweep, stuff like that. Things went well, pretty large farm over there, and then got back and Brad asked if I wanted a job helping him with international. So for eight, eight and a half years or so, I worked with uh, international guys outside the U S and then my wife and three kids said, it'd be nice to stay in the country a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> so then we shifted a little bit more towards, uh, kind of staying closer to home and that's kind of led me to where, where we're at now,
0: hey. Southern Illinois. And now that you are closer to home, have they asked when you're going to start to get into international again? You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey,
1: is there any job openings on international anymore?
0: <laughs> well, the other RM that I have with us today is Jason Portner. Jason covers Minnesota for us. Jason, how are you doing? Good.
2: Good to be with you guys today.
0: Glad to have you. And uh, what's a little bit of your background? How did you end up becoming the, uh, the RM in, in uh, the great state of Minnesota?
1: Well,
2: uh, so actually this week marks about nine years now with precision in this role as an RM and before that I was actually in kind of the ag retail side at a co-op selling seed fertilizer chemical, and then was in charge of kind of our precision ag department, which we sold precision planting for, uh, prior to me coming on board was four years and another brand besides that. So kind of had the dealer side of it before coming on board. So.
0: Gotcha. Okay. All right, gentlemen, I want to dive into today's topic because this kind of comes as a thought or maybe a, I guess even a struggle that I've had and something that I have wanted to invite a couple members of the RM team on to talk through for some time. And I'm going to tell you a little story and I'll, I'll try and keep it somewhat brief. I had a really good family friend that actually talked to me or, or met me one time at a, at a farm show and he farms. And we're kind of going back and forth a little bit about what I do. Uh, he didn't know I worked for Precision, so I, I you know, gave him a little insight into that and how I had gotten here. He had some questions at the time about some of our newer technology, and this has been a couple years ago. And knowing that he was a, a, a farmer and uh, knowing that you know, he was a, a friend of the family, I didn't have a ton of experience with his planter. And so I just asked him, have you ever run any Precision stuff or do you on your planter? Uh, and he said, nah, I'm too old for that precision stuff. So I want to dive into that a little bit more today because I've, I've had some internal struggle about, I guess, how we kind of speak to or breathe confidence into guys that feel like they're too old for this precision stuff. And so with that, I want you guys' opinion, and, and I got a couple questions prepared, but when you hear that comment, when you hear somebody say, ah, I'm too old for that precision stuff, first of all, in no way, shape, or form are we agreeing with that. <laughs> I just want to be very upfront with that. But what I want to take some time and do in doing this podcast is to kind of breathe confidence into those guys. How can, when you hear that uh, from a grower, how do you kind of respond to that? And so I'll have that as as my first question. How do you respond to that? And then what do you think that actual fear is for that grower? Because I don't think they actually fear that they're too old but there's probably a little deeper fear there. So in, in you guys' experience, when a grower says that to you, I'm, I'm too old for that precision stuff, what do you guys feel like their actual, or what have you found is kind of their actual fear or concern?
2: I think their initial fear is just technology. You know, I mean, there might be someone that, you know, still running a, a flip phone type of scenario or something, and they're just, you know, I guess they, I go back to, you know, back when I was a dealer, we had a gentleman that came in, that had some finger meters and, uh, he came in and we were working on the test stand, showing him uh, the fingers, getting things dialed in. And he hadn't really known or heard much about 2020 and that, and he looked at that gen two or gen one, I guess it would have been on the test stand. And he, he just looked at it and went, you know, it'd be really cool if we could put that in a, in a planner. I thought, well, lucky for you, right? We've, we actually, we can do that. And we talked through a little bit more and he's like, you know, he says, I don't, I don't think you're going to want me as a customer. I said, well, why is that? He goes, I look at a computer and it crashes. <laughs> he was so concerned about not being able to handle it. we said, well, you know, hang on. You know, I said, well, we do a class, you know, we, we make sure you get comfortable with it. And so, uh, it's like March, you know, we're doing our operation clinic and, you know, we just get everybody sat down and he kind of comes up and he says, you know, I'm going to sit in the back, but I'm going to need extra help. So you better have somebody ready for me. Okay. All right. So uh, he sits down and we go through the whole thing and, and uh, you know, we had one guy that kind of helped, helped him through a few things and, and away he went and, you know, uh, spring kind of came up and things got busy and I don't even know if we got out to him that spring when it was running and didn't hear from him and, and me and the other tech support person, were we'd seen him come into the office about this time. Uh, he was planting some sweet corn. So, you know, we're, you know, we're kind of mid some kind of right as uh, sweet corn's wrapping up. And he was just upset because one row on his 12 row planter with sweet corn, which sweet corn's pretty tough to plant, was getting like 90, or excuse me, it was like 89% singulation, right? Which with sweet corn, if any of you guys have planted sweet corn, that can be a challenge when you get stuff that shows up looking like a box of cornflakes. And but he was so, so jacked about all the information he learned about his planner and everything. And, and that planner, that 12 row 30 inch planner, it was like a 7,100. I think the tractor that we installed that 2020, and we had to put in the three pin power lead because this was a 1970s model tractor. So, I mean, it was, this was a considerable technology investment for the grower, you know, and, and, uh, after we kind of worked on that meter a little bit, which we're like, you know, that's not even bad. We said, Yeah, the rest of them are doing at least 93 better. So I, I want to fix that one row. And then the unit we sold him was a demo one that he had used for uh, kind of doing tri-buy-its it, with. And he goes, You know, there's one thing I could really use. And so what's that? He says, I could use an owner's manual. I said, What? He says, Well, yeah, you brought this used one out. It didn't come with the owner's manual. So a guy that was just petrified of, technology went the whole season, learned a ton about his planner and yet didn't even have an owner's manual. So uh, it's, it's kind of a long story, but I just, it's kind of, to me, it frames up the whole, they seem to be a little scared maybe of of what they're not used to or not comfortable with, but when you break it down and, and the ease of use and, and just seem to really, really work well,
0: you know? Yeah. Hey, Josh, I'm going to, I'm going to come to you next. When you talk to that grower, maybe at a farm show or maybe it's even kind of in your area and they say, well, I'm too old for that precision stuff, what is your approach or how do you kind of breathe confidence into that grower when you hear that?
1: Well, so I'll just comment on your case. If it's it's someone that you know at a farm show, that could be an excuse of, I just want to get out of here. (laughs) And get to <laughs> the next, next move. He's, he's probably thinking, I'm not going to learn anything here. But I think that that's the underlying issue is when guys think, and when a guy says I'm too old for it, it could be like Jason said with, you know, a flip phone or I'm just not comfortable with the technology. But a lot of times if a guy has, say, a, a smartphone, what we're doing in the planner is going to be, I would say, less complicated than learning a smartphone for the first time. But there's a couple of reasons I'm I'm thinking of a couple just off the top of my head. Someone says that stuff's too complicated and it's not, not even an older gentleman. It'd be say a younger guy. That's just not focused on the crop side of the business. Say they're raising animals. Oh, that's, uh, that stuff's just, it's too complicated. It's that's too fancy, high tech, whatever. And there's just kind of a, I, I guess you could say an underlying assumption that, It's complicated. It's high tech. It is, you know, back in 2013 when we came out with V drive and Delta force, that was the case. And typically it was your larger farmers. You could say that's buying the technology and it was expensive, still is. And they'll look at that and say, Oh my goodness. Like if if you get past that first conversation and say, well, roughly what would it cost? You go to a ballpark. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That's more than my planner's worth, you know? And then, you know, one could say, well, conversation over at that point, or at what point do we want to keep getting better? And it's not expensive, right? But you look at like Keton seed firmers. Still, I would raise my hand and say one of the highest ROI products that we still have, right? Um, but you look at the 2020 as far as being complicated, or even V-Drive or Delta Force being complicated, V-SETs. Like what Jason said with the finger meter adjustment, I would say most of our products actually are designed for the low technology people. That is, once you put a V set on, you don't have to make any adjustments anymore. You can use different seed sizes, different seed shapes of corn, and it's just going to hit it and you don't have to worry about dialing it in. And I would say there's not one farmer that's going to intentionally try to do a bad job. The challenge is when we don't realize that the job could be done quite a bit better than what it's currently being done. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So the 2020 V drive Delta Force, they are, I mean, you could call them high tech and sophisticated products, but the reality is it makes it easier to do everything, to change your population. You're not going to have to go back and change your gears and sprockets and maintain the drive line stuff like that. Those are all things that are very appealing to That said older gentleman that thinks it's it's too high tech, right? Well, he doesn't want to get back and figure out where the population chart is and what sprocket do I have to have on the top and what sprocket do I have to have on the bottom. Probably the population is going to stay the same. And guys don't have to do variable rate and, you know, everything else on with it, right? It's like on the hillsides. My dad, when we do beans on the hillsides, he wants more roots. On the hillsides to prevent washout. So, what's he do? He bumps it from 120 to 150. And it's as easy as your bump the button as you go across. Now, to your point as well, my, my father in law still has a foot pump. And he's using a Gen 2 with V drive and Delta Force. And when he sees a stand of corn that's managed with a downforce that just does it automatically, and he sees a stand that he's never seen before. That's what gets guys going. And then it's almost, then it, once you get your foot in, then you kind of get the precision itch. And then then when does it stop, right? And and so
0: um,
1: I would say, go ahead. Yeah,
0: well, you brought up a good point about focus in there too. and And I think sometimes that because we try to speak to a lot of different growers and help a lot of different growers, I think growers do tend to think, that we maybe want people to be kind of cutting edge. And so you made the comment in there, too, about uh, variable rate. You don't have to jump into variable rate. Uh, and that kind of goes back to focus. Sometimes I wonder if maybe some of these guys who feel like they're too old, they see everything from precision on a row unit and think that's too much to handle. Whereas if you can get them to focus on, let's just talk, to your point, Josh, V VSET. Uh, let's just talk Keaton's that I think that starts to build some confidence. Do you guys see the value, too, in that, in, in just, I mean, getting a grower to start, just focus in one area to kind of start and get going, and Jason, I'll go to you.
2: Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, we can overcomplicate things. You know, we we have such a, a large array of, of products and stuff, and like you said, you know, you can kind of overwhelm a person. And so kind of going back to the basics, you think about how to – you know, going back to your original question, I kind of jumped in with the story, but you know, if we could, uh, address the guy, you know, especially if it comes off a little like challenging, like, oh, you know, a little bit of pushback, like you said, is, is maybe flip and say, well, how do you assess your planner now? You know, how do you, you know, cause we have, the goal is the same, whether we're planting today versus, you know, years ago without the technology, your goal is still even emergence and properly play seed and no skips, no doubles and that, and maybe breaking it down and just kind of stepping through them, how they assess that planner now, and then kind of step into being able to showcase how just a basic 2020 can give them more peace of mind in the cab and how easily they can uh, manipulate. You think about farm show. I think one of the, one of the nicest tools that we've had is like the spin max unit that shows exactly what goes on and they come up and well, what's that for when you start explaining it and you can show them how easy it is to use.
0: I mean, so yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know that spin max is just a machine that just has precision sensors on it with a 2020. So it's, uh, you know, like a seed tube sensor that's measuring, you know, singulation and population. It's a downforce sensor. I think we also have a smart firmer on it. So it's to your point, it's just that sensing material. We're not adding control into anything just to talk through what those different metrics are on a 2020 that we can tell you from the cab, not taking over control of anything, just monitoring. Yeah.
2: And uh, even as simple as just, you know, weight carrying on the gauge wheels. I mean, we don't need to, to launch in 200 times a second that the load pin's reading, but just explaining how we can, how that, that same process of how that planner goes across and how we assess it and break it down and make it easy for him to stomach. And it, it, I found really good luck with that.
0: So um, Josh, you had kind of made some comments on focus. uh, And so I'm going to, I'm going to head into my next question here. And the reason that, and and I I will admit to that, I kind of pulled you guys in on this podcast on a bit of short notice, (laughs) Uh, but I'm really glad that I've got the two of you because, and and you can kind of help give me some of the details here, but I think both of you either own some farm ground or your parents own farm ground and you farm with a parent or farm a little bit on your own. I know, Jason, you have actually uh, built yourself a custom bar, maybe with your dad or or for your dad here in the last couple of years. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, uh, this was our second season with it. We pretty much started from scratch. Okay, We don't have a ton of acres, so we kind of built a nice, well, a small planter, let's put it that way. It was an eight row, but with quite a few things on it. And um, so before that, dad would run everything, and we had a a more simplified system, and and, uh, dad was out running it pretty much in the cab. And, uh, you know, we made a lot of changes that a lot of things. And so this last couple of years have been my first couple of years now in the planner, uh, running things at home. But, uh, before that pretty much, uh, was, uh, I think since, oh, 10 years. So the, the previous eight years before I jumped in the cab, dad was running things and would run the 2020 system. So, you
0: yep. Okay. And then Josh, I know that you're actively involved on your family's farm as well. So by no means, I want to frame this up properly because I don't want it in any way to sound like I'm calling either of your fathers old. (laughs) Uh, Bear in mind, we're all around the same age, so I would be saying the same about my father. Uh, Is there something that you've seen done or a strategy that you've had to teaching that you feel like has helped your fathers to kind of integrate themselves into precision technology And, and even more specific, running a 2020 monitor? And uh, Jason, I'll give you a second to think, cause I know you, you just answered my last question. So Josh, I'll come over to you.
1: Well, it's, it's actually interesting looking at the two farms that, so the difference between like our family farm and my father-in-law's farm is two totally different things. My dad has always been, at least tried to stay up on technology, except he's always, I would say 100% of the time, skeptic of a software update. Because someone's going to hack into something. It's always, you know, anyway. So, so he's still running old computers. Anytime your iPhone's got an update, ah, I ain't updating all that garbage, <laughs> you know, those kind of things. So, um, but I would say, roughly, very generally, my dad and brother and the guy that we farm with um, are very, try to stay up on technology farm wide, whether that's, you know, probes in a couple of fields that's going a couple of feet deep to look at the, where the water line's at or your, your moisture line, you know, temperature and moisture sensors, probes in the, the um, grain bins that will automatically control your fan and, and dryer and stuff like that. You know, trying to stay up on things in general to where the precision side, ever since we came out with a 2020, we've been involved. And I've got two uncles that are dealers as well. And so, usually when we get together as a family, there's, there's a a couple that are engineers, one that's a pilot and, and a couple precision dealers. So usually we end up talking quite a bit of precision stuff at Thanksgiving dinners and stuff like that. So that is pretty well, when things come out, it's almost a default that we're going to go ahead and look at it or, or add those to the planner. My father-in-law is flip phone has alpacas that, spit at you type of mini donkeys type of thing. So it's a a different, I guess you could say, uh, farm type, but once I got started, my father-in-law would probably, I guess you could say fit the mold more of what you're talking about than my, my dad. But for him, once he got started and he actually saw it work, that's when things changed for him, that it wasn't just something that, and it it also makes it because it was seven miles away that precision planning started from his farm. And he's like, what do these local guys know? That's more than say what the best engineers at John Deere or or other company would know, right? How much better can something that's local out in the rural area of Tremont be? Right. But the reality is once he saw it actually working more than just the guy that we go to church with making in the back of his shed, that he sees it work and he's like, this stuff actually does work. It's not just smoke and mirrors. It's not just fancy things that's out of my reach, It's things that I can easily use. And then as he starts opening up to that, then it's like, wait a second. A lot of the other concepts that we talk about, even the newest things now, like with reveal row cleaner, off the row unit, the concepts just make sense. And he's like, he considers that off the bat now
0: yeah that's awesome Jason I'll come over to you, and the question there was, uh, is there something that you have done or a strategy that you have seen to help even if it's somebody that you've worked with in in your in your dealer network or feel free to use your personal experiences uh, you know with your dad on your farm that has gotten that that person that I'll say considers themselves too old to kind of latch onto the technology
2: yeah i mean i I guess it's really trying to bring it back to you know, really the basics of a 2020 where it's like just explaining the, okay, as something goes wrong, it's going to turn yellow. It's going to bring your attention to it. And if you're not comfortable, make sure you call. Right. And just that peace of mind. And I think the biggest hurdle is always to get them to start. Right. Cause once they have it, then you can nurture from there to make sure you get it. I mean, I think of uh, of, you know, I'll, I'll use Dad for an example, since we're kind of talking that way. And, and, you know, after that first year and he starts calling and asking, Hey, why is row six all of a sudden say singulation is this. Okay. Before that, he didn't even know what singulation was. <laughs> right. And so all of a sudden now he's knowing this and he, he knows that, Hey, if something's not matching the rest of it, I need to know why. And you keep digging into it. You know, it was one of the first years of field view. And again, just smaller farm operation that we had a a little older tractor that couldn't handle some of all the different uh, hydraulics things, but we had air force on there. And, uh, he happened to have a row that all of a sudden showed blue loss of ground contact, solid. And you know, you talk about training, we talk about looking at the screen or maps and looking for these irregularities and all of a sudden it was like solid blue. And so, you know, we didn't have remote view quite at the time yet. And get a phone call from dad and he says, Hey, uh, I got a lost ground contact or a lost ground contact in row five. I said, okay, well, what's it look like? Well, it looks fine. Of course, he's sitting in the cab of the tractor, right? And uh, I said, well, what's it look like on the map? Well, it's just blue and it's solid blue. So how far did you go? Not far. I said, well, go out and look at it. So you hear the tractor make a noise. He gets out there and he looks and you hear him, huh? I said, well, what's, what's huh? He says, well, when we bought this planter, we, it had dry fertilizer on it and, We had started the conversion. We, we yanked off the coulters, but we didn't have, we kind of ran out of time. We did not pull the actual shaft out that runs that. And what happened was that he had hit a rock and the road the cleans, the floating row cleaner jumped up and hooked onto that drive shaft of the fertilizer. And it was held two inches above the rest of the row. So from the cab looking back, everything looked fine, but because this took place, it was not actually putting seed to depth. And again, had we not had, you know, a system on there monitoring that who knows how long you would have planted till he would have caught it. So, I mean, it's, and that's a story, right? But I, I think the fun thing when you go back to like the farm show is if you, if you've been successful at getting somebody on board and they've actually had that first year with it, it's so rewarding when they come back the next year and say, man, this is what I learned about my planner. And then, then like, uh, like Josh was saying, the, the, then the, the hunger's there, right? They want to know more. They go, hey, what can I do better this way? What can I do better that way? It's getting them to that first step of mm-hmm. and of acknowledging, hey, let's let's get something in there and take a look at. So,
0: I, I will say too, and this has probably been maybe five or so years ago, that my father got an iPhone. And so Josh, your comment earlier resonated with me to Of like, I would say we make a lot of our technology easier to run or it's easier to run than an iPhone or a smartphone. I think that there are a lot of guys that consider themselves too old that still have seen the way of the phone industry, if you will, is to go to a smartphone, right? And so a lot of them have made that transition. And so when you say that, I think it resonates with a lot of guys too that like, oh, well, I figured out how to run this smartphone, then I can probably figure out how to run this 2020. You make a good point there too, Jason, that I think we really do intend in my experience to make the monitor so it's very intuitive and you had made a really good comment about like if you understand traffic lights you know that yellow is a concern and red is in the monitor is stop the planner we need to fix this right and so that kind of green yellow red mentality of diagnostics is very intuitive for anybody with a with a driver's license right so those were a couple comments that I thought you guys made that that I really liked and I, I definitely agree with.
1: Unless, Tyler, unless, of course, yellow to you means speed up so I can make it through,
0: <laughs> then we may have problems. Uh, no comment. <clears throat> <laughs> you don't have access to my driving records, and there's no reason to change that, Josh. <laughs> okay. Um, so... One other thing here that, that I want to bring up to you guys, too, is uh, you are, as region managers, work a lot with premier dealers and dealers in your area. And so what are the, the bits of encouragement or if a, if a dealer came to you and said that, like, I'm I'm working with this customer who feels he's just too old for the technology, what would you recommend that I tell him to help him overcome that? What is the advice that you pass on maybe on this subject to some of the dealers in your area?
2: I think, you know, I think we've kind of alluded to it a little bit is just make sure we're not doing insider language. Don't get over tech, you know, techie with our terminology. Uh, just break it down to the basics um, because, like I said, all the all the years that they've spent farming, their goals are the same and just kind of break it down and, and help them understand uh, that side of it, you know, and, and how this can help them do a better job in those areas that they're
0: already striving to do well with. I love that answer. Josh, I'll come over to you. Yeah,
1: I think one of the biggest things, too, is as you get more, I guess you could say firsthand experiences with guys that have tried it. Um, You know, when we did the try it before you buy it program where guys could basically get in or try a 2020 for part of the season, just see what it was like, basically at no risk to them. And then if they decide to keep it, then they could buy it a lot of those stories that end up being call it a similar profile, someone that was skeptical and saying, you know, I, I'm just not sure about this. And then ends up being someone that's jumped in and said, man, I don't know how I could plant without this. As you get those firsthand stories, those are ones that I would bring up. Hey, I'm working with farmer Fred and he was the same way. And he's just down the road or, you know, those type of things to say, now he can't plant without it. And by the way, when he added V drive and Delta force last year on the precision decision program in the summer, he's never had a crop that looked better than this. And we can go and walk his fields right now and, and look at that and, and show those type of things. And if it's a guy that's like, you know, uh, I just don't know. I'm just kind of skeptical. Then the, the try to buy it type of thing where it's like, you know what, let's just put one in. We'll take a look at it. And like what Jason said, too, you know, early on when you see a MeterMax Ultra testing meters and say, hey, I wish I could have that in the in the field. You know, you present it like that, and, and um, you know, guys start to see pretty quickly that you see things that you've never seen before. And, again, nobody's going to intentionally do a bad job. And, you know, I've had one guy say, well, you know, ignorance is bliss. And then the other guy that was decided, he said, you know what? Ignorance is just expensive Yeah, a lot of times, you know, and it's just, it, it helps if you've got some firsthand stories of someone that was similar to that, that, that got in and, and wouldn't do it because almost everybody that starts with a 2020 like that ends up in that situation. I know that we are for sure. And Delta force on our farm pays itself back year after year after year. I mean, the thing doesn't owe you a dime. When you look at the expense of it, you say, oh yeah, by the time you put on, you know, $40,000 of, of technology on a planter, you know, how, how in the world? But then you say, well, you read the grain from that, um, let alone everything else, fertilizer-wise VFIT or, or liquid placement on the on a row unit. You know, they all end up, we don't just make bells and whistles, right? the point is not to just add fancy things on a planter. It, it all comes back to a, an ROI standpoint of it. And it, you know, it all comes back to the same thing as much as we could teach and, and get guys to improve just for the next step, whether that's Keaton seed firmers when I didn't have them before, whether that's new bullseye seed tubes, when my seed tubes have been worn out or whether that's I'm running everything and I'm going to add full automatic furrow force. It's just, trying to get a little bit better or a little bit more efficient each year, whatever that step is. And if we can teach, that's all we're, that's all we're looking to do.
0: I think a lot of times that guys that fit into this category of feeling now, like they're too old also grew up at a time where largely everything was, I'll say maybe mechanically powered, right? There wasn't a lot of technology or monitors and to, to a point that Jason kind of made earlier that if you can teach Dad, or if you can teach these guys what that blue line means on a downforce map, what a loss of ground contact means, they're the ones that do super well jumping out of the cab and then being able to see the mechanical piece that's causing that blue line. You know what I mean? Their strength is to be able to understand what's going on mechanically that can cause those kinds of things like the, the air or the blue line that ends up showing up. So yeah. Well, gentlemen, I appreciate it. I'll give you the opportunity here, if you have any other closing thoughts on this matter, to uh, to go ahead and speak up now. Anything else you'd like to add?
2: So I know we've kind of spent so much of the time now really about the technology to overcome, but I really thought that, you know, Josh kind of stumbled on or, or kind of mentioned a little bit another side that maybe comes up with if, if they feel like they're reaching the the later years of their farming career is roi like oh it's so expensive am i going to get the money back out of it before i'm done farming and and you know josh you kind of already kind of start talking roi and just kind of unpacking that side of it and just real quick on that side what i've had some guys do too is like if you got someone that's really skeptical and we've got some maybe used equipment because the guys that have upgraded is is working their own internal try it buy it not just on a screen but some of these other things maybe it's getting a use row flow air force system onto a guy, you know, versus going all in right away. And, you know, again, everyone's going to be a little different where they're at and different level of what their comfort is to get into it. So rather than maybe dumping them into a full precision decision, maybe there's an opportunity to get them in at a little lower cost to get started, you know, and get them, get them some upgrades, you know, to give them some control over things and, and improve
0: the ROI with them. So that's a great point.
1: And one thing I would add as well is when we look at just, um, and, and we we typically hit this pretty hard, but planter maintenance in general, your mechanical things on a planter, as I do row unit inspections and planter bar and frame inspections, with those things not taken care of first, the technology of 2020 will typically shine a light on a lot of those, but the, the technology and adding is not a cure all to those type of things. So if we had someone, you know, I've, I've had guys as well, it said, listen, I'm either going to be tiling field this year, or we bought some, some ground and I'm not going to allocate money towards a planner this year. To me, that's the best time to teach around how to best set and use the current equipment that they have. Also, I mean, adding a 2020 then, if they don't already have one is going to be typically Step number one
2: to try and understand what those are going on. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, you made me think of something else there. I mean, you brought up the planner ma- maintenance side of things to do an in inspection. That might also be a great way to get credibility with with that the style of grower we're talking about. That, you know, just to build the credibility that you know what you're doing. If you can go out there, do a planner inspection, all of a sudden, hey, this guy knows what he's doing. And now you've built that trust to a different level that Now you can get into that technology discussion a little bit deeper because you've had that, that maintenance discussion. So. Yeah.
0: I think you guys mentioned it too, but a lot of times for guys who feel like they're too old, I'll use that phrase again, one guy across the road, that's their age that does it right. Or that is very similar to them is sometimes all it takes. If you can build their confidence or build credibility in the product of, Hey, so-and-so ran this last year and had a good experience, a lot of times they're going to go ask so-and-so, which is good if so-and-so had a good experience. Point being, a lot of times, if you can just get one guy to adopt in an area, it, it will, for lack of a better term, spread like wild, wildfire, right? That That's a really great way to, to build credibility. So, Well, gentlemen, I want to thank you both very much for taking time out of your day. Again, um, I know this was... Uh, a little bit last minute. So I appreciate you guys being flexible and jumping on the podcast here. I hope you guys had as much fun as I did talking through this today.
2: It was a lot of fun. I appreciate it.
0: Good, good. I'm glad. Well, for everybody listening, I want to say thank you very much for listening to the Smarter Every Season podcast. Uh, Again, my name is Tyler Hubert. Uh, Hoping to join everybody again pretty soon. I would like to get some updates out at our PTI farm as PTI, uh, is going to start kicking off here at the end of July. So a reminder to everybody that uh, there are still open dates and times. Jump on the, the company calendar. See when you can come out. We would love to have you. We're excited. Uh, we can kind of expand a little bit on what we did last year, and uh, I... I don't want to blame COVID, but that was a part of, we were, we were glad to be able to be out at PTI last year, but we're expanding the equipment that we can get on and the number of people that we can have, and we're really excited about that. So just another reminder, but hoping to work in uh, sometime soon and update with, uh, with Jason Webster from the PTI farm. But for uh, Jason Portner, for Josh Stoller, appreciate you guys being on. Appreciate everybody so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next time.